You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 128, recorded September 26th. 2021. Took me a moment to actually read that. Um, I thought you were going to say August. <laughs> I, so did I. <laughs> I totally thought I was going to say that too. Um, <sighs> the This episode's topic is Shira's Story Part 3. I'm going to be the host this time. I am Elemist. Hi, I'm Orchid. And for podcast info, we encourage feedback. That can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, at hey it's orchid, or at I underscore am underscore elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. And if you do, let us know about it. Or you can jump into our Discord and talk to us straight on there. The invite is down in the description. But if you're just lazy, it's discord.gg slash lorehub. <laughs> It's so fancy now. We have our own link with words on it. Right? <laughs> it's not like AXBZ and 5629 Alpha Charlie. Meh. <laughs> you can also find our info on thelordnetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. Say it, Orchid. Say the line, Orchid. We're still there. There it is. Yeah! We're still there. Damn it. I was going to mute myself, so I did say it this time. You were going to be so proud of me, but I can't. It's like a disease. I have to say it. There it is. Yep. God damn it. So. Sorry. So this <laughs> this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle, Trials Control. What think? Literally wrote just what think? <laughs> Question mark. So what do you think of it, Orchid? So I have a couple of opinions on it. It's, I don't know. I know they didn't want to split up the player base by having like trials labs be one separate thing and then normal trials be different. But I super hate that they're forcing everyone to play trials labs. I do not like that. Like at all. That being said, I really like control. I am like the one person that always plays the objective. So you'll see me in control when they, when you're like going down the list of people like in control and you're seeing like, who's the person that captured all the zones. <laughs> There's orchid like towards the bottom with fucking like 14 captures and everyone else has you know, four. So you can see the person who actually plays the objective. That's, that's me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't like how this gameplay forces you to either use a bubble or use a well or use Andes, which everyone's been crutching anyway, but I was OG crutching Andes, so fuck all of you who are now using it. For years. Yeah. And Wither Horde and, like... 
all of those things and all it does is if you lose the round it just pushes the objective closer to the people who lost and i think it should always be in the middle instead of you know giving the people who lost an edge i don't know like i i i can agree with that i also don't like the fact that you're having to wait almost half a minute before you can even start capturing yeah i think they do that so you can just go kill the other team yeah which is what we started doing and like i understand that aspect of it but like i'm seeing it as it's an objective based game mode Mm -hmm. but you can't even do the objective until the round is halfway over exactly it's really frustrating for a lot of for a lot of things this this is not it or as um one of my friends who was playing it with me he's like this ain't it chief <laughs> this is not a thing that we will be doing again so he gracefully bowed out after we played we played a card and he's like no i'm not doing this again he's like i just i this i'm not interested in trials control this was uh, Halo Infinite weekend anyway, so I did not touch Trials as much as I have the other two weekends because I did a lot more Halo than than Trials because Halo was way more important to me this weekend. So I've every single time Halo's been open because it's only open for four hour chunks. Gotcha. They're only having it be open from like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific. So during those times, I've been playing Halo if I've been home. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and see, like, as far as trials control, for me, I'm that guy who, at this point, I am tired of just regular control. Iron Banner has felt extremely stale because all it is is control. It is, yeah. And then they were like, oh, hey, play trials with control. It's control, but with fire, and that makes it worse because it's harder to see. It, right. For Iron Banner, yeah. It's like control, but with, yeah, it's control, but with like, oh, hey, here's less visibility now. Like, it was a cool gimmick, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, we need something more. I'm, um, yeah. But then they were like, oh, hey, trials with control. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sitting here like, I don't like the other two iterations. What makes you think I like this one? Exactly. See, I I think if they wanted to test it, they should have put it in like the only thing I can think of is maybe like have a, a comp variation of it, you know, like a, a comp labs or something yeah. as a test for the game mode itself. Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah, it's it's control like you're capturing a zone, but it plays very different than just regular control that's what they used to do they used to have labs in comp and so that's why i'm so surprised that they just decided to force everyone into this and actually make trials into this instead of just having trials and then doing labs separately on the other side of that coin it's an excellent way to force feedback yeah but there's no constructive way to give feedback like in a form like they do for like infinite right when you do a flight for halo and this is for like mcc or infinite or whatever there are you get a survey 
which you cannot talk about because they're NDAs. And so you fill out those surveys or you're part of a focus group and you talk to them and you discuss like what worked and what didn't. And so like that's how you provide feedback or there, there are help forums that you can leave feedback there. There's none of that here. Right. So yeah, you get that. But like all their feedback are like angry people on Twitter and that is not the way to do feedback. Yeah. Like that is the opposite way to do feedback. And and I agree. And they're sure as shit not listening to this podcast. So <laughs> like if if they're honestly looking for feedback, they need to like have a better way to do feedback like people at like 343 do. Because at least there they have like a very set way to do feedback like they do for Infinite or when they do flights for MCC. Well, and and at that way, like it's a standard procedure. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, we want to test this game mode out, Mm -hmm. implement it in labs and then send out the survey. Yeah. And they do that for MCC. They have a flight for every single season. Yeah. And, And keeping it as a standard thing. Like it's just a procedure that can be repeatable. It makes it all uniform so that you can actually look at feedback instead of just going onto YouTube and finding the angriest YouTubers there, you know? Yeah. Or going onto Twitter and seeing everybody's hatred. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as much as much as I think having a focus group is good, but that's when they start inviting the biggest pvp people again or that's what happens when they start inviting all of like the biggest content creators and the biggest streamers and that's where we get like vanilla d2 you need to, mm, <laughs> not just vanilla d2 that's what happens when you get like the forges being the grindiest motherfuckers like in all of the world like yeah. that's how we got like year two destiny not that I'm complaining because that's like some of the best destiny we had, but at the same time, like that's also some of the grindiest bullshit we had. Yeah. And a lot of it is because they listen to streamers who play eight hours a day every day because they needed all of that extra stuff to do. So there needs to be a happy medium in there. I agree. Yeah. Uh, And since we actually talked about it, iron banana is going to be this coming up week yeah which as of recording so when the episode mm-hmm. drops iron banana is this week um which means no trials yeah how do you feel about that i've come to accept it i'm not a fan of it but i understand why they're doing it and i i had pointed this out to orchid before we started recording if they would have left trials the way it was you know that mm-hmm. it, you could have Iron Banner and and Trials at the same time. That would have split the player base. I could also see there being a specific week, just because of how rotations work, where the GM or the Nightfall is Lake of Shadows, the easiest and quickest one to grind. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have people upset because there's three major end game activities that they want to do but can't because of time i have friends who when iron banner comes around that's all they do and heck i mean they complain whenever there's iron banner and a good nightfall 
imagine throwing trials into that. So, like, I, I understand why I'm not a fan of it, but I can, I can see the logic. What about you? I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to play, I mean, since we're doing this in the middle, I'm going to play Iron Banner. Iron Banner is all week versus Trials just being on the weekend. So I usually get Iron Banner out of the way by the weekend um, because you can play it all week. I, all I'm doing is going for like certain roles of like, I want a new Reese Walker. So I'm like going for a specific weapon. Like that's like what I want. This, so I, I have a goal in mind when it comes to Iron Banner and when it comes to trials, like I've said, like in the past, at least I have everything. So I don't really have a goal when it comes to trials. I'm just playing with my friends. Gotcha. So, and I super hate trials control. <laughs> I'm not having any fun. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> well, and like usually the labs, usually whatever game mode for the labs are, they're only around for a short time. So by the time trials comes around again, it's not going to be labs. No, it'll just be normal trials. So I will be happy when it's just like normal trials again. I mean, I wish it was, I wish it was both at the same time because then I could take a break from Iron Banner and just getting absolutely slapped in the face to go relax in trials. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, just take that sentence in for a second. Mm hmm. Right. Because Iron Banner is definitely like now the sweatiest, like crucible thing there is. Uh, hell, Quick Play is sweaty. Quick Play has always been sweaty, but Control is way sweatier. I've been, I had more sweaty matches in Control lately than I have had in any other game mode, like in all of Crucible, and it's disgusting. <laughs> It, it sucks. I don't know why people are sweating so hard and in control. I don't understand. Like people are people. Because they got to bring their KD up. People are playing control like they're trying to play like Valorant or something like it or people are yelling about trials like or yelling about destiny in general like it's some sort of actual esport get the fuck out it's destiny it's not an esport this isn't like an actual competitive game go play league of legends like go away okay let me have my fucking space magic bullshit like <laughs> let me have my fun okay <laughs> i don't want to sweat i just want to play <laughs> if i want to sweat i'm gonna go play apex or something right <laughs> and and that's that's how i feel about it as well like if, i'm gonna play call of duty if i want to go sweat jeez louise i i only see games becoming esports you know if there's an even playing field and the and the only actual like difference is the actual player skill exactly Destiny does not have that because of the RNG loot and shoot 
aspect of it. Yeah, because of random rolls and the ability to, like, if if Vex Mythic class drops for everybody, like, that would be one thing. Honestly, when there were static rolls back in vanilla D2, th- that could almost be more of a competitive esport than now yeah because then you knew when you were getting shot with x gun that you knew what the role was on it right because then you could be like oh i'm getting shot with fucking not forgotten or something that wasn't in year one but just let me have this for a second like you knew that you know it had like whatever roles on it because it was a specific gun exactly yeah but but now that there's random roles like it yeah it's a whole grab bag of well this person had yep. either the better skill or the better build or you know he just had better luck yep so since it is any one of those things um it's not there's no way it could be a competitive esport you know like if, if you want it to be competitive esport like a play valorant because that starts out as an even playing field like you get all get dropped into the same like right. freaking pool and it's whatever you find <laughs> or heck even f- oh yeah even fortnite for those 12 don't knock fortnite i heard there's you know that master chief guy is in fortnite because he's that guy from fortnite it's the guy from fortnite <laughs> i hate you so much for that right now so apparently you you did a raid yeah, I did. I did Vault of Glass. I was a hard carried through that. Because <laughs> I can't. I I want to do raids with people, but like everyone only wants to do Vault, and I can't really do it because of medical reasons. Because I it, I have because I have epilepsy, and it's very blanky. So I can't do the oracles like at all. Like I can't look at them and just forget about doing anything in Atheon's throne room. (laughs) His throne room is very dangerous for me. So I have to kind of like hide a little bit. I can kind of clear ads if I'm really careful, like in the back. So I got pulled into what we were, um, we had finally gotten to Atheon and I had gotten pulled into Venus with two people. And by the time we got back out, I still needed to cleanse because <laughs> I couldn't see. Be- because, um, yeah, exactly. Um, because I was trying to i was trying to help and coyote's like no <laughs> he's like orchid stop looking because i was like no i'm helping he's like no stop looking you're not helping and so they're trying to like lead me back so i could get a cleanse but no you can't you can't get a cleanse so they were trying to lead me to walk off the side of the cliff to kill myself so they could rest me and then get the rest. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, walk forward. Walk forward. Good. No, no. Walk right. Walk right a little bit more. A little bit more. Good. Yeah. And then I died. Then I got the A little rest. lower. Yeah. A little lower. Uh-huh. A little lower. Yeah. Guardian down. <laughs> <laughs> rest. <God>. Perfect. 
<laughs> Fuck me. It was fun. <laughs> they were very patient. The two ways that I've seen to do Relic, mm -hmm. when that third wave of Oracles comes up, mm -hmm. the Relic Holder does one last cleanse, and then they either stand just on the inside of the portal mm -hmm. or just on the outside of the portal and they they hold the trigger no that way guardians will pass through it as they're trying to go do dps oh okay surprisingly enough like if you actually hold the trigger right on the the inside of that that portal mm -hmm. guardians can pass through it and don't get re-triggered in their, their blind shit before actually, you know, leaving. I just found that out, like, a couple weeks ago. Really? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, one, of my, one of my teammates was like, yeah, watch this. And then we did it, and I'm like, how am I not blind? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. The things you learn. <laughs> right. Should we go over some weekly story? Yeah. Dad. So this is week five of the season. Nice. And as the preamble stuff, uh, Mara started like talking about the Black Fleet and the entity that Ziva Arath serves and you know why we're working with Savathun. The recording off to the side is Ikora and Petra talking about like what's going on. And they do mention that, you know, Ikora is hoping to find Osiris alive, what have you. Do you do you think Osiris is alive? I personally think so. Just because, like, there's, there would still be that, that tether to the light that Savathun could study and, and figure out how to manipulate it. Mm -hmm. What about you? I still think he's alive. Okay. I still do. And more from like a storytelling perspective, I think if they just had him be dead from the beginning, I think that's just like really defeatist and not really in the way that destiny is written. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Like, like destiny is mostly about hope and, you know, finding that, that bright future and finding, Right. The hope in, in that mountain of dark. Right. And like, I mean, Destiny, like as dark as it's gotten, it still has its bright points. And I think it's this is one of the bright points that we'll have is finding Osiris in like whatever state he's in. Yeah. Or at least still having the hope that we'll find him because a, a lot of it is about hope. Now, mind you, so. he's, he's going to need as much therapy or possibly more than Eris, but... Oh, my God. There's... <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, but he has Saint, though. Yeah. Uh, So getting back to the weekly story, there were a few different cutscenes... Or lines, sorry. A few different voice lines of Mara talking about the Scorn and how they're, like, changing and learning and becoming something new. We found out that they're actually being controlled by Zivu and whatever the entity is. Yeah, I super hate that, by the way. Yeah. 
I don't like that at all. Yeah. The idea that like we knew the scorn before were malleable and controlled. I mean, originally by Aldrin and like created sort of by him. Well, and and we knew that they were malleable by whatever the entity is because presage. Yeah. But like this is I hate this. <laughs> like the fact that they're evolving into something. They're evolving into something worse. Like I already hate the scorn. Like could we not? <laughs> like please. Especially now that they use stasis. Like I I hate that. I know. I hate that so much. Somebody used an ice stone on them. They're evolving. No. I'm just thinking of like they're just becoming, I don't know. Pokemon joke. Some sort of weird poke I know is Pokemon joke, but <laughs> I know it's a Pokemon joke. God, ugh. Um but then wrapping up this week's story, we had another talk with Savathun. Uh <laughs> the one line in there that that I like it really resonated with me was Savathun saying Killing me is probably at the top of your to-do list as well, isn't it? As she said that, I'm sitting there going, yes. Yes, it is. Yes. I can't wait. (laughs) But then she also continues on to say, you know, they might have even taken a shot at it, it, referring to ghosts. R.I.P. Cade. Now, how many saw beyond your ghost? How many follow the line of your light straight back to the Traveler? And how many knew enough to aim a weapon there? A Me. few. The, a few. The smart ones. The dangerous ones. You'd recognize their names. Listen to me now. Look beyond me to my worm. Look beyond my worm to something far, far worse. Then look down at that little gun in your hand and tell me, what do you think you're going to do with that thing? And as she said that, I sat there and I was like, uh, I'm going to use this thing to make your body stop moving so I can turn you into a gun. <laughs> I mean, how many things have we turned into guns at this point? Like, not just not just us and not just like worm gods, but how many <laughs> enemies have we and or other characters in the game <laughs> turned into guns can we just like take stock of that for a second well like so so aside from the two worm god like we have exotics yeah we have there's a, also malfeasance is one thorn thorn malfeasance vex mythoclass technically yeah because that's three like most, honestly like most of our weapons most guns that we have i mean guardians have gun logic take that sword logic <laughs> We bring a gun to a sword fight. We do. <laughs> Literal god roll weapons. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> How's your sword logic if I bring the master of sword logic? <laughs> bring my gun to your sword logic fight. <laughs> my gun logic to your sword logic fight. <laughs> Well, and like, if we somehow get Touch of Malice back, yeah, like I would so use that. So we have, I mean, there's Outbreak also with Siva. Yes. 
So I guess technically, uh, maybe. At this point, I, I think I'm just going to pull up collections and look at the exotics. I mean, so, okay. I know a lot okay, of armor. I'm thinking maybe, well, yeah, but I'm just thinking guns. What about Necrochasm? Do you remember that gun? That was from Crota. Yeah. Yep. Uh, possibly Bad Juju. Oh, yeah, Bad Juju. Uh, but yeah, Malfeasance was definitely one. That was made out of a primeval, wasn't it? I think so. Maybe Teraba. Teraba? Oh, yeah, from Crown of Sorrow. This is an interesting... Divinity. Divinity? No, that wasn't made out of a... That wasn't made out of an enemy. We just had to do that in a raid. Well, like... I thought... It's made out of an enemy in the same way that the Vex Mythoclast is. That's true. But Mythoclast was made by the Vex themselves, but for humans. But we don't know why. Like, still, right. we don't know why. Which is weird. I'm still, like, on the fence about Outbreak. Um, because, like, I don't know where I am about SIVA because it's... SIVA is, like, a tool, and it's only really malicious when it's, like, used maliciously. You know, like if it's, you know, final instruction gets stuck. Yeah, because it like it doesn't really give a shit about you. Um, It's only matters about like what commands it's given. So like if the commands are evil, like it's going to be used evilly yeah. and like do evil stuff. But like if it's if the commands aren't evil, it's just going to go build a bridge. <laughs> exactly. Or something like it's it's not going to care. Ooh, here's another one. 1,000 Voices. Oh, yeah. That is literally made out of Riven. That's true. <laughs> I forgot that. Possibly Deathbringer. Oh, yeah, Deathbringer, the, the too. rocket from mm -hmm. Shadowkeep. Like, there's a number of them. God, we just love this shit. Lumina, technically, since Lumina is made out of Thorn. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, like we just keep turning enemies into weapons. We're super good at it. So I mean, like, my answer to Savathun in this, like, her little speech at the end, <laughs> look down at your little gun in your hand and tell me, what do you think you're going to do with that thing? Like, bitch, do you know how many of you I've turned into guns? What do you think I'm going to do? Exactly. I have so much more room in my vault for you. I mean, that's kind of a lie. Like, I need help cleaning out my vault. Like, someone please help me. But, like, I have room for one more gun. Ten bucks and I'll delete everything for you. Oh, like, no, please don't. Like, <laughs> at least look at the rolls first before you do that. But, like, <laughs> bitch, I will turn you into a gun so quickly like right and then i'll put you in my vault and never use you cool i'm gonna turn you okay do you know what's up with you i'm gonna turn you into a fucking sidearm and then i'm gonna delete you because that's what you deserve you deserve being turned into a sidearm because that's as good as you are see you're not even good enough to be anything but a sidearm i i like your initial thought you know turn her into a gun and then just leave her in the vault because at that point not even the sword logic is working past her death nope because like 
we got a little bit of that with with Zol when we turned him into Whisper. Mm-hmm. Like the lore tab was talking about how we're still feeding him after his death, right? By using him as a gun. So if we just perma vault her as a weapon, like. That is the perfect revenge. I mean, I'm super good at perma vaulting stuff because I have guns from year one that are just still in my vault that I've not touched. I still have, I, I still have a few Saint fourteen weapons. You know, I've I've got a perfect paradox in there and a patron of lost causes. I have all three flavors of prosecutor. No, I have all three flavors of prosecutor, and I can't delete them. <laughs> They're just still there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. It's really bad. But I can't. They just live there now. But she's going to be a gun. That's... And she's just going to live in my vault. Yeah. I'm not even going to use her. Now, the sad thing is, if we actually do turn her into an exotic, and she gets an ability that's actually really good, I'm going to hate it. I know. I'm going to hate it so much. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, God, I'm going to have to use the Savathun gun, aren't I? Right. You're going to go out of your way to not use it. You're going to try to create, like, stupid builds to get around using that gun. I would. And everyone else is going to be like, no, just use it. You'll be like, no, I'm going to use Divinity and, like, something else just so I can not use that gun. <laughs> if I have these five mods and Divinity, I will not have to use it. Dude, just, just use it. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the principle. Just use Gallahorn. No, I refuse. <laughs> oh, that's another one. Gallahorn. Gallahorn. How did we it, forget? It's not made out of enemies, but like it's made out of the armor of dead guardians. I mean, a lot of guardians are my enemies, so I'm gonna call that a win. Yeah. That's fair. I mean it are are the armor <laughs> is that technically the bones of my enemies? <laughs> I took the bones of my enemies and made a rocket. I mean, yes. Shaq's <laughs> <laughs> uh. asks, why does your Galhorn look so different than everyone else's? <laughs> it's just shin bones tied together. <laughs> and one With femur just sticking out. <laughs> it's just, it looks like Deathbringer. <laughs> but it makes the foomp sound. <laughs> And, and, and to go off on a tangent, like I think that's one of the reasons why I'm actually concerned about Gallarhorn coming back. Yeah, is because there are two other rockets that pretty much do the same thing. I know. We just got a rocket launcher. We yeah. got Deathbringer and Eyes of Tomorrow, and then they're bringing Gallarhorn back. Eyes of Tomorrow, it's yeah, is really good right now. Still, and we just got a rocket launcher yeah. this season. Yeah. They just gave us a rocket launcher. The Ascendancy. That I've not touched. I've used it a little bit. How do you like it? Um, It's fun. Is it? It It's fun, but I, it's not... It's it's got that, that perk where it does more damage the more orbs you pick up. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's it's fun, but it's not something that I will absolutely go out of my way to use. Oh. It's also got chain reaction. See, I would use chain reaction before I'd use like the weird perk. The explosive light. Yeah. Yeah. Chain reaction is really good. 
if you just have like throngs of enemies right like it's good for ad clearing oh yeah um i mean it's it's got impulse amplifier which is increased projectile velocity and increased reload speed or ambitious assassin and then explosive light which is actually the wendigo perk if you remember the wendigo grenade launcher yeah i loved wendigo it's the perk from that oh is it picking up an orb of power increases the next projectile's blast radius and damage oh <gasps> that's the same one yes oh but now put it on a grenade launcher and i'll be on board with you <laughs> just give me wendigo back that's all i want unsunset wendigo you cowards wendigo was so good but yeah you either you either choose explosive light or chain reaction so like i said it's it's fun it's just it's not something that i will have everyday use out of yeah so it, i'm i'm looking at it like i'm gonna use it but it's not gonna get a whole lot of use oh i loved wendigo i did too man wendigo was so good like it was fun going through um garden with it it was fun to do everything with it that's where i really started using it was in garden because yeah. it could just clear out things god where did i use wendigo i used wendigo in everywhere i used wendigo everywhere like i always had it equipped i used yeah. it in like nightfalls i used it in the only place i didn't use it was in crucible really yeah like i used it pretty much everywhere else I used it in forges. <laughs> it was good in forges because it cleared ads. For me, it depended on like what forge. It was good in like Burgooch. Because I was more of a risk runner guy. Yeah. Well, it was a legendary, so. Yeah. But when I have risk runner just constantly procking, yeah. I was not thinking of using heavy. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I liked using it because I could jump up and hover and then, like, death from up on high and just destroy everything from up above. Man, <laughs> bring back forges. <laughs> Week 9487. <laughs> bring back forges. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Did you see the the fashion magazine that Bungie brought out? Threads of Light. I saw that they were doing it. I didn't actually look at it. Yeah, Threads of Light. Yeah, they picked a couple of people. It's like their new... Um, instead of doing a fashion show, now it's like... Now they're doing like a mag a digital fashion magazine instead. So... Does it still... Like, do they still give the emblem for anybody who's featured? Yes. Okay. So it's not the emblem that I have. Because yours was from last year, from right? The fashion show. So it's a different fashion emblem because that was that was the previous one. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think the new one isn't as good as the one I have, but that's just me. But um yeah, so there's there's a whole new thing now. It's called Threads of Light. So they make a they make a spread. All you do is do hashtag threads of light and then at destiny the game or whatever your local destiny account is and uh post your your you know screen that has like what your you know your armor screen 
with your shader and everything on it. Okay. Yeah. Some people are doing like extras and doing like in-game screenshots that doesn't do anything for you. They just want like the screen that has like your your layout of like what you're wearing. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So some people are putting it in our Discord if you want to see like what they're wearing and whatever. I guess they're they're looking at a bunch of those and choosing them every couple of weeks or every week or I think they're doing it a lot more often now. I don't know if they're doing it like once a week or every other week, but I think they're doing it like very often. It's not going to be like a once in a while thing. Well, and, and even if they just do like once a month, that's still more often than yeah, previously. Exactly. But yeah, so like the fashion is very exciting. Like I love it. It's super great. So I'm very excited to see what everyone's, you know, wearing. It gives me ideas too. Yeah. Yeah. So you should go like check that out. Yeah. Threads of light. Because you know me. I love fashion. <laughs> I like outfits. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what else we should check out? This crispy lore network ad. Absolutely. Is there fashion in it? It seems fashionable to me. Okay. The Lore Network. Tune into the Spinfoil Theory Podcast for questions. Who is an or? Who is an or? What is what is an or? What is that? For queries. Did the hive really just body shame the Vex into changing their frames? For special guests. All the guests. For Spinfoil Theories. The Spinfoil Theory Podcast. Insert information here. So why didn't he didn't give the he didn't give the information? We didn't give, he didn't give the information. Oh, uh, Spinfoil Theory is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Uh, you can also get us at at Twitter at Spinfoil Theory and or uh, uh, Spinfoil Theory at gmail.com. See, I told you, fashionable. Ten out of ten would recommend. <laughs> So, a brief intro to the topic. These entries are found on the new Trials of Osiris armor set. And that armor can be obtained from, yeah, you guessed it, Trials. What? Really? (laughs) No! (laughs) Shocked. (laughs) Um, This is the third episode of Shira's story, which is on the Warlock armor set. Uh, for the first two episodes, go back and listen to episodes 126 and 127. I'm going to read this first one. Sounds good. Nice. This is a Pyrrhic Ascent hood. The flavor text reads, I see with eyes unclouded. Shaira, Awoken Warlock. Simulation Reconstruction Log. LA0101. Mercury. A reflection, when viewed in broken glass, is fragmented into as many misaligned shards. The warlock Shaira looks at herself in the broken center console display, her image split up over so many refracted variations. She is silent in her anger. Now entering Mercury's atmosphere. Her ghost chirps. Shaira looks up to watch flames roar over the exterior of the cockpit and sees her face in the distorted curve of the glass. 
No one reflection is true in this moment. No image perfectly accurate. Reed is already waiting for us, her ghost adds, worried. Shira hears him, but only in part. Something pulls at her insides like anxious fingers. Open a channel to Aisha, Shira says. Her ghost hesitates, then beeps in compliance. The cockpit suddenly feels cavernous, as if she could shout out into the universe. Her ghost edges closer and hovers nearby. The connections open. We shouldn't just leave her behind, Chaira says into the void with a tightness in her throat. Not our call, Shay. Agree or disagree, we're a united front, Aisha, her teammate, replies from across the curvature of Mercury's atmosphere. Then act like it, Shayara fires back, snapping her jaw shut as soon as the shout escapes her lips. She brings her hands up to her mouth, regretting her tone, but not retracting it. It's Sloane's choice. Aisha's voice sounds smooth in contrast. You know how she is. If she's declining evac, there's no force in the system that'll uproot her. Stay. Go. It's her choice. Leaders make mistakes. Shaira wishes she could explain better. Words are insufficient. She's preparing for transmit. Shaira's ghost quietly offers. We're in range. Shaira nods and swallows. But the anger is rising up in her and she can feel it creeping into her bones. Wisps of gold fire slither up her arms. Zavala doesn't see it. He's trying to do the work of two vanguard leaders right now. I... Shaira is cut off mid-sentence as she and her ghost tear apart into a whirl of charged particles, reforming on the scorching surface of Mercury and the shadows of the Caloris spires. Believe for a minute that's all we could have done! Sloane made her choice! Aisha shouts the minute she sees Shaira. Nearby, their third fireteam member, Reed Seven, stands as a looming crimson silhouette in Titan armor. The commander asked her to fall back and she didn't. Don't pin this on him. Aisha goes on, needling Shaira with a furious intensity. Shaira pivots to stare at Aisha. The fire building around her discharges in an upward blast. If he wants to lead, he should be willing to take criticism for his decisions. Hey! Reed Seven finally interjects with a shout. The broad-shouldered Exo shifts his posture awkwardly, but stands his ground. Aisha and Shaira looks over at him in silence. Reed lifts a hand to the back of his neck. Can we do this later, please? Shaira feels Aisha's eyes on her. She tempers her own expression to match her friend's calmer one. Reluctant in her ascent, but the ember of anger in her refuses to go out. She draws her sword and points it toward a group of guardians across the windswept courtyard outside the lighthouse, indicating a challenge. Fine, Aisha agrees reluctantly. Shaira withdraws, simmering. It's the same argument that we've heard twice over at this point. It's interesting um, from her perspective, though. 
Yeah, because we're we're seeing her emotions as well. Mm-hmm. She isn't as mad as we thought. She's just doesn't know how to explain why she's upset. And and that in itself is causing a little bit of frustration. Mm-hmm. The one thing I wanted to point out, uh, we shouldn't just leave her behind, Shayara says, into the void with a tightness in her throat. I'm I'm recalling my theory that her and Sloan were either very close commander and subordinate or um girlfriend and girlfriend. Um I don't know if they were together. You know, Shayara feels a certain way about Sloan. We don't exactly know what that way is, but she feels a certain way. I do wonder though if it's just like fondness or that they're just friends. Could be. Well, and and Sloane was Zavala's deputy. So like even if they were commander or even if they were, you know, person in charge and subordinate, mm-hmm. they could still be friends. Right. Exactly. Should I continue on? Yeah, please do. And that's with the Pyrrhic Ascent Vestment. The flavor text reads, I hold faith in the light, unwavering. Shaira, Awoken Warlock. And the lore tab reads, Simulation Reconstruction Log, LA-0102, Trials Arena, The Lighthouse, Mercury. Titan's sea of liquid methane crashes against the listing hull of the new Pacific Arcology. The wind whips with hurricane force, sending a freezing sea spray lashing across the crooked metal frame of a crumbling catwalk. Flares of atomic fire bloom in the mist and roll off the Arcology's walls. Human and inhuman screams echo out into impossible seas. Two dozen Hive Thrall come pouring out of an encrusted airlock, climbing over one another, jaws snapping. They scurry across every surface not slicked with liquid methane, drawn like moths to a beacon of golden flame. Shaira stands against the crashing tide of chitin and bone, a sword of fire held fast in two hands, screaming as she cleaves through the masses of encroaching death. Burning embers of thrall rain round her, but with each dispatched wave of necrotic soldiers, it feels as though their numbers double. She is pressed by the tide of hive, inching closer and closer to the jagged edge of the catwalk hanging over the churning sea. When the thrall recede, she is thankful for a respite. But the towering night that drops from the airlock is an escalation, not a victory. Edging a half-step backward, Shayura knows that the only way out is through. Wings of flame roar off her back, leaving a trail of rippling heat and hollowed-out thrall in her wake. Her sword clashes with the knight's shield, shattering it in a single blow. Her follow-through cleaves through the knight's arm, down into his chest. 
Shira turns on her heel toward the remaining thrall. She can feel the light in her ebbing and knows that they will overwhelm her if she doesn't succeed now. Death against the hive is never a sure th return. Not after what happened to Taiko 3 and her fire team there. A blinding pain hits Shaira in her back. Her vision swims, mind reels. Had she missed one? Feeling the warmth of blood running below her armor, Shaira turns to see the Hive Knight reborn, sword covered in her blood. Screaming inside her helmet, Shaira feels a deep panic build in her chest. She knows a Hive death ritual when she sees it, and she walks straight into their trap. She rolls away from the knight's next swing and into the reach of Thrall that tear at her armor. Mustering the last of her solar energy, Shaira calls up a cyclonic pillar of flame that twists up into the sky and consumes the night. The revenant knight emerges from the flames, already reconstructing. Shaira leaps forward and drives her sword through its face, tackling him to the ground. Her solar aura flickers and fades. Smoke and steam billow from her back and shoulders. Shay? She hears one of the surviving Thrall speak in a human voice. Shaira twists her sword in the knight's face and shakes sizzling green blood onto the catwalk. The knight begins to reform in a horrifying blaze of green flame, but as it reaches out toward her, she cuts off his arm and sends her sword through the top of his head in a brutal follow-through. The thrall wails. She can feel an arm around her waist, restraining her. She kicks and struggles, crying out as the last wisps of praxic fire twist down her arm and sword. No! No! Stop! No! Shaira howls, fighting against the pull of the thrall. Shay! The thrall cry in the voices of her friends. Shay! Shaira screams into the impossible sea. Well, this is very different than the other ones we've uh, seen of this. Very different. So we finally <laughs> know where she's been and what she saw. Because we knew she was seeing something that they couldn't see. Right. So now we know where she's been. And holy crap. Yeah. So now we know what she saw in Titan. This is... This is a lot. But... Yeah. Um... We do see someone that we know very well mentioned here, which is uh, Takeo 3. <laughs> Fire team of nine. Takeo 3 is our friend. Yeah. <sighs> Takeo 3 with her illegal fire team of nine. Um, for people who don't know or who may not have played until this year. So you would have never done Savathun's song, which I did 82 yeah. times until I got duty bound. Right. 82 times until I got duty bound. Uh, Taker 3 was an exo warlock and she was a member of the Praxic Warlocks um, who are always like, embrace the Praxic fire. Um, so um, <laughs> she is kind of your your voice that you follow in the Savathun song strike that takes place on Titan where you are disrupting a hive ritual. And 
She's the final crystal that you destroy. Yes, that is the the final crystal that uh, is actually the thing that you have to destroy to in order to kill the the giant shrieker that is Sabathun's song. <laughs> that moment you realize mm-hmm. your Katie against Guardians is better in that strike than in regular Crucible. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but yeah. The, man, this this was intense. Mm-hmm. It really was, yeah. And and like she was able to manifest her light in such a way that she created a fire cyclone. The only time that I've actually seen that in game is because of Middle Tree um Sunbreaker. You know, Middle Tree Titan. Right. And even then, like that's not anywhere as impressive as uh how it sounded here. Mm-hmm. This is just like if you've never felt like a a true panic attack where you scream and like nothing comes out or haven't had that kind of like like true kind of like panicked dream before like there's just like something different about it yeah like where you have like a true fear just kind of like grips your chest and there's just like nothing you can do almost this is like a blind panic that she's in and and no matter how much reassuring you get, it, yeah. it just does not you, work. And, and nothing will get to you. Like, you can't hear anything that people are doing or yeah. saying. Like, like, her friends are doing what they can. And so, like, like, what we saw is, like, her just, like, being super brutal is, like, she thought she was doing what was right, you know? And... and- and she's also suffering from a delusion here. Like yeah. she thought she was fighting Hive. Yeah. And it, like I, I love the fact that essentially her her friends and the ghost of that guardian are all like thrall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this is really rough. Like this is hard to come back from. Yeah. Like no wonder she's shaken up. Like when she's in the tower, like this is, this is a, especially like I imagine like this is a constant nightmare that she is living with. Probably. Like this has to be a thing that she dreams about and she carries with her. Like this isn't a thing that just comes back once. So. Well, and, and I'm wondering, cause like the actual timing is what's important because before the traveler had that light gasm we were the only ones that actually had access to light. Mm-hmm. So like if this act is an actual like nightmare, that's, that's essentially a memory replaying in her mind. She's still reeling from being lightless. And then she meets this knight who just can't die. And where some people would be like, Oh, Hey, I'm glad I have my light back now to deal with this. She's still, in that mindset that like yeah i have my light abilities but i could still die yeah should i read the next one we'll see what happens absolutely all right this is the pyrrhic ascent gloves the flavor text reads i cannot be absolved 
Shayera, a Woken Warlock. Simulation Reconstruction Log. LA-0103. Bazaar. The Tower. Last City. Guilt and shame twist like spectral blades into Shira's stomach. Sitting under the trappings of New Monarchy's crimson-shrouded enclosure, her focus is locked squarely on the table's wood grain surface. The sound of her breathing feels uncomfortably loud, but at the same time, the noise of the nearby crowds are muffled and distorted as if they were underwater. How's today feeling? All Shira can hear clearly is her own breathing. She slouches forward more, fingers sliding up into her hair, elbows propped up on the table, fighting to stay in the present when her mind demands she fixate on the past. Did you talk to Ikora yet? A new knife of guilt slides in. Shira tries to swallow, but her throat is dry. She'd barely had the energy to come here. It makes her feel all the more worthless. No, Shayara finally says, her mind fuzzy, her response delayed. I will, she promises, because she knows that's what Aisha wants to hear. I'm sorry. Hey, no, Aisha says, putting a hand on Shayara's shoulder at some point. The tactile connection is a grounding presence, bringing Shayara back into the moment. Don't. We've all been through a lot. I should have paid attention to how hurt you were before we went into the match. I'm sorry we fought. I'm, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Aisha's plaintive tone hurts as much as it helps. Shaira sinks into a slouch of defeat, feeling her closest friend suffering because of her own shortcomings. It only makes her feel smaller, guiltier. Shayra looks at Aisha out of the corner of her eye, seeing the twinned look of support and worry on her face. Can guardians be unfit for duty? Shayra wonders aloud, her voice muffled by the tabletop. I mean... Aisha replies. Her hesitation has a palpable sting. I don't know if I'm okay, Shayra finds the courage to admit. Her heart races as the words pass her lips. When she feels Aisha's arms around her shoulders, it steadies her pulse. Shayer relaxes into the supportive embrace of a friend. It's okay to not be okay, Aisha says. And for a moment, Shayer believes it. For a moment, knives of doubt and guilt feel blunted. But only for a moment. That's why you should talk to Ikora. She knows. She understands. Drinks. The word startles Shaira. She can hear the whirring hiss of Reed Seven's articulated joints, the clank of his armor. They're hot. There's cinnamon in yours, Reed says. And Shaira musters the energy to give him a half-hearted thumbs up. I know you're upset about Sloane, Reed says. And suddenly, Shaira's heart is racing in worry again. He says something else, but all she hears is the blood rushing in her ears and the thundering beat in her chest. Worried that he's waiting for a response, 
Jaira interjects with something non-committal. Thanks, she says weakly. The scent of apples and cinnamon hits her. It brings her back to her earliest memories as a guardian in the tower, when she first met Aisha and Reed. Shira sits up enough to grab a steaming mug with two hands and drags a piping hot cider over to herself, breathing in the scent of happier times. I know, Shira finally says in a small, guilty voice. She doesn't know what she's referring to, but she assumes it's what they want to hear. I'm sorry. You don't need to apologize to us, Reed replies. You should apologize to Laika and his ghost. Mention of the guardian Laika twists those knives of guilt in Shira's stomach. She breathes in the scent of cinnamon and apples again, deeply. These are her friends, she tries to remember. This is her family, she concedes. It was Titan. Shara finally admits, afraid of what the truth means, but unwilling to dig too deeply into her own terrifying delusions. I was back on Titan, like when we were lightless, surrounded by Hive. There was this night, no matter how many times I killed him, he kept coming back. I should have died out there. But you didn't, Aisha says. Shara feels a hand on top of hers and sees Aisha squeezing her palm. It feels like it's happening to someone else, and yet, it's still reassuring. We got our light back, and what happens when the darkness closes in? Shira needs to know, though she knows neither Reed nor Aisha have the answer. Will she be lightless again, alone? The thought of Sloane dying alone on the arcology eviscerates her. Reed's hand joins Aisha's in a wordless reply. It isn't much, but it's enough. And sometimes that that is enough. Um, sometimes that's all your friends can do to, to actually, you know, help you feel better. Sometimes, yeah. Man. It, like, it... it seems like she's feeling dissociated from herself like she keeps saying how you know it feels like it's happening to someone else sometimes that's all you can do when you're that you have to protect yourself like that yeah or at least like protect yourself emotionally like that if that makes sense it, it does um she realizes it like after the math or after everything that happened, mm -hmm. what exactly happened. Um, you know, a mention of the guardian light uh, twists those knives of guilt in Shira's stomach. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, Shira finally admits afraid of what the truth means, but unwilling to dig too deeply into her own terrifying delusions. Mm -hmm. So like she knows what happened now. Yeah. But that doesn't help in the moment. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> Man, that's... I feel for her. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else you wanted to, to cover? I think... A lot of this is, is sensory that she's talking about and doing. And... 
I know that at least from I can only talk from like my own experiences when it comes to stuff like this that um when I'm super overwhelmed that I notice like sensory things a lot more so like I'll notice like what my tea smells like and like what like tactile things um a lot more often if I'm like super stressed out so like it was interesting that that's kind of where they went with this as well I don't know if that's like common with people but with me at least it is I'm wondering if they actually spoke with somebody who's you know a therapist or oh I'm sure they in, did in the mental health yeah because like to have that knowledge yeah I mean yeah you can have that knowledge about yourself but then to use it in the way that they have mm -hmm. it, it seems like they talked to somebody yeah I'm glad that she had the wherewithal to at least admit a little bit about what um, she actually admitted or at least admit to what she actually saw yeah and was able to open up like that and I know we've gone over that a little bit last week when they talked about it yeah because like opening up the even the little bit that she did it it's it's tough and especially since you know she's supposed to be a guardian she's supposed to put humanity before herself you know it, admitting that she has a problem could mean that she's being she's going to be sidelined it was a good question though can guardians be unfit for duty right can they because like that's most guardians right like most guardians would be unfit for duty so i think the answer is no guardians can can't not to be fit for duty and see i'm i'm because they're undead i think they just go do their thing because like this is the first they've ever talked about it actually i'm reminded of a entry in ghost stories i believe it was called weather windmills or or cranes yeah so like i think there is a line let me look um, it up because the people refer to that entry as the Don Quixote. Oh entry. yeah. Mhm. Mm because that guardian it was literally like fighting windmills thinking that they were a giant monster or fighting a, you know, trees. He ended up getting killed by a boulder and his ghost was like I I can't do this anymore. So I think there is a line. It's just way out there. Let's see. And the Vanguard itself, like, if she's talking about, you know, unfit for duty from the Vanguard's perspective, mm -hmm. they're going to do some kind of risk-based analysis of, like, okay, these are how many incidents against other Guardians she's had, but these are how many missions that she's actually cleared, and, it, like, within a certain time period. 
they're going to look at the risks and try and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, this was, it was weather windmills or cranes. I think it's Ghost yeah, Stories 21. Yeah. It was Ponza. Yep. The ghost Ponza. Now, the, the, like, relating it back to ghost stories and, you know, weather windmills or cranes, my next thought is, what does her ghost think of all this? That's a really good question. We don't really hear from her ghost very much. Like, we hear from her fire team, but not her ghost. He hasn't really spoken very much. He spoke a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. Ponza, um, the ghost in Weather Windmills or Cranes, the last two lines that he speaks is, I did not return him. How could I? His diseased imagination would surely doom us all. Right. So, like, ghosts can see that their, their guardians are unfit. And they can decide not to revive them. Mm-hmm. And we had another example in, um, oh gosh, it was uh, the pigeon in the phoenix. Yes, I think in the it was the warlord. It was the ghost making the decision to not res the warlord. No, it, it was, was that, in ghost stories as well. Was that also in ghost stories? Yes. No, I swear there was another one because Osiris told the ghost. You can make the decision to not res your it, it was, guardian. That was a, it was that similar, was, but there was that was another one. There's been multiple. Right. There's just, there are so many like examples of ghosts making the decision. Well, and and the one in Pigeon and the Phoenix, it was more of like the the decision was made for the ghost. That's true. Whether he wanted it or not. But the one that you're thinking of is also another ghost stories. Or the one that, that I was thinking that you were talking about. Oh. Um, it's early in the book. The Chosen's Choice. Yeah. Um, she looks away from the human carnage surrounding her, looks down upon the one she chose. His golden armor, dulled with the blood of his victims and his adorers, still reflects back to her the light of her single eye. He made his choice, and thus so will she. She turns her eye away from him, away from herself, and floats eastward toward the rising light. Wow. <laughs> so, like, whether it's a, a diseased mind or somebody's ego getting the best of them to the point that, like, they are not the person that they should be, mm -hmm. the ghost can decide that they are unfit. Wow. <laughs> right? Cheese. Should I uh, continue on? Yeah, please do. And that's the Pyrrhic Ascent Boots. Flavor text reads, I walk without hesitation toward my destiny. Shaira, Awoken Warlock. And the lore tab reads, Simulation Reconstruction Log, LA0104. Tenement Building Rooftop, Peregrine District, Last City. The wind carries a chorus of voices, some reverent, some frightened, some confused. The mosaic of conversations is a distracting din to Shira, who rests at the edge of a terrace watching the crowded streets of onlookers, eyes upturned to the shadow of their silent god looming in the heavens. She can't help 
but feel that the people who dwell beneath the traveler do so out of desperation and delusion. They were told for generations that this was the only safe refuge on earth. Even after that assumption had been challenged by the Red Legion and now the darkness, they cling to that desperate hope. They cling to an illusion of an all-powerful god that will protect them when, Shira believes, they had never been in any real danger before the Traveler arrived. Shaira hears Aisha talking beside her, but her thoughts are distant. Shaira grunts a reply, hoping indifferent is enough. But Aisha keeps talking, something about Chicago, about memory. Shaira grips the railing and watches the people staring up at the Traveler, and she cannot bear to look up with them. I remember, Shaira finally replies, her own internal fears overlapping with memories of dark times that her fire team experienced below the ruins of Chicago. I never forgot how abandoned we felt, Shaira adds, a tightness in her voice. The day Gaul stole the light, when they were so far from home, when they went from hunters to hunted. Shaira also remembers what went unsaid. She remembers those feelings of desperation and abandonment, and how she would have accepted any opportunity if it meant living. Her desperate moment did not end in such darkness, but she cannot help but wonder about other guardians. That when faced with the choice between annihilation and salvation, they might make the wrong choice. It is in that moment of quiet revelation that the traveler stirs for the first time in years. A glow builds within, and only then does Shaira look up at her silent god. A wave of light washes over her, and it feels like absolution. While the city is awash in light, with the fearful and the faithful, holding Congress in the shadow of an indifferent god. Shaira slips away into the crowd. She does not need to witness the Traveler's grandiose power to know what is being asked of her, and she does not need time to set herself to work. Shaira's path is clear. When she, when we have seen this twice before, the first time we read this with Aisha, I assumed that Shaira was mad. Like at the, like, which we assumed she was mad at the Traveler or something, and she was like stalking away from it. And see, I, I saw it as she just felt disconnected. I thought she was like straight up mad, you know, like, yeah, I thought she was not even disconnected. Like, I thought she was like mad that the traveler or that everyone was like, like simping for the traveler. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so she was just like, oh, I'm tired of this and just leaving. And then when we saw it last week with Reed, and he was watching them. He was watching them with concern. And he just kind of like noted 
the traveler, but we still didn't really know what was going through her mind because she still walked away. But we get a lot more about Chicago and we finally yeah. understand that that's where they lost their light. And that's why it was like such a big deal because like they're so far away from the city where they lost their light. Well, and, and I, I, the one line that made it really effective to me was, you know, uh, the day Gaul stole the light mm -hmm. when they were so far from home, when they went from hunters to hunted. Yeah. And, and that's actually a direct relation to the wild hunt flavor text. Yeah. Um, that actually refers to them going to Chicago and finding something big and bad. Right. But yeah, like I, I just, especially after reading it last week, I just thought she was feeling dissociated, like just disconnected from everything. But reading this week, it's like she's come up with her own like path for her, her life. Mm -hmm. and considering all the trauma that she's been through and dealing with, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't think so either. I'm really seeing, though, that Chicago really kind of haunts her, and losing their light is, I mean, that's the thing that keeps them alive, really, and is this miraculous yeah. thing, and... Losing it in that respect with Gaul is really jarring. And like we've mentioned before in past episodes that there's an entire chapter that Catabasis goes through with his own panicked nightmares that he has about losing his light. And he was in the city when that happened, I think. And so, I mean, we've seen it from multiple guardians now about how it was like when they lost their light. And and even then, we've seen it from from civilians' perspectives as well. Right. Ava's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all about her trying to, to escape the city along with, you know, a group of guardians and civilians. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm I'm trying to think of, of how this would affect the guardians mentally because they literally go from all powerful beings one moment to having all of that stripped away. I mean, think of how in just a matter of, of minutes. Think of how Cyrus is too. Yeah. I mean, he's lost his light permanently and Eris. Eris has like weird hive powers. Now she hasn't had her light for a long time. And she's got stasis as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just alarming, awful. Like, I don't know if they can, like, feel the Traveler. And then suddenly that connection is just, like, severed. Like, you lose an arm. So it's just, like, phantom limb. That's, that's how it felt. Or that's, yeah. that's how it... Because, like, I, I've... I know there's a few entries out there 
right. I just can't remember what they are. But it feels like they're they're reaching for something and they just can't find it. Mm-hmm. So I, I suspect that it would be like yeah. a variation of Phantom Limb. Mm-hmm. That you're just you're reaching for something that's just and not you there. Just can't find it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow, listeners, we got real here. Well, I mean, this book is like serious and sad, and like we knew yeah, it was just gonna get it, darker it the more like we read it, like week as we went in on the weeks, we knew this one was the worst one out of all three. And when yeah. we say worse, we mean like most sad question mark. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I think most sad question mark. <laughs> that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Uh, do you want to read the last entry? Okay. This is the Pyrrhic Ascent Bond. The flavor text reads... Each scar I bear, a trial survived. Shaira, a broken warlock. Simulation reconstruction log, LA0105. Simulated lighthouse, the tower, last city. There is naught but silence in the void. Frost collects on the inside of the cockpit of Shaira's jump ship. Her breath is visible as a cold fog. Fragments of ghost shells are scattered atop the console, each glittering with a faint sheen of ice. The warlock stares at her reflection in the shattered central navigation panel, fragmented, broken. You are late for your weekly scheduled trials match. Shaira's ghost chirps from over her shoulder. She does not look away from her broken reflection. Do you... Want me to elevate the atmospheric controls so the ship is warmer on your return? Shara blinks her eyes shut and opens them, fixed on her ghost. The cold is a reminder, Shara says like a mantra. She looks back at the fragmented shells of the dead ghosts and clenches her hands into fists. I am ready. Shara is torn apart into motes of light and threads of energy formed into the simulation of Mercury mid-stride. She walks straight past Reed and Aisha towards the lighthouse, purpose behind her every movement. Come on. Shaira's attention is focused ahead at another group of guardians, to an awoken warlock, much like herself, whom she has heard much of. Shaira steadies herself, heart racing. She is committed. Simulation reconstruction log. LA-0105 Simulated Trials Arena Simulated Lighthouse Reed Seven's head disappears behind the occluding barrier of Vex architecture, inaccessible from the scout rifle scope. The rifle's wielder, an awoken warlock, lowers his firearm and grunts in frustration. He kicks off the ground, stepping up into the air and glides across the sky in search of a better vantage point. It's here that another body impacts him in a tackle, sending him crashing to the ground far below. The warlock's scout rifle rattles out of his hand on impact. He switches to his gold-plated sidearm as he rises up onto one knee, only to have the gun swatted aside by the flat of a curved sword. 
Jaira carried aloft on wings of fire, slowly descends from the air. She moves the sword's blade from hand to throat. Go on, Kerkori says, you earned it. But Shaira isn't thinking about the match. This isn't about the trials, it's about discipline. I know what you did on Europa, Shaira says to the warlock. I know you're a traitor to the light. At first he opens his mouth to speak, a denial, but then he tenses and takes a step back. It's not that simple, the warlock says, shaking his head. You haven't talked to Eris, you don't understand. The warlock's words are cut off as Shaira lunges in, smashing the butt of her sword against his face, shattering part of his helmet and knocking him to the ground. The warlock groans, grasping at his face, then looks up at Shaira in vivid anger. It's not illegal, the vanguard! I am not here on behalf of the vanguard, Shaira says with imperious certainty. Flames begin to spread down the length of her sword. I am here on behalf of the light. The warlock snorts and smiles sarcastically. His body language implies he doesn't respect her power. I'm not afraid of you. Come on, end the match. I'm not here for you, Shara insists. Now he feels fear. Aisha and Reed arrive a moment later, guns raised and ready to assist Shara. She fights back a scowl at seeing them, but turns her attention to the ghost hovering at the warlock's side. Shay? Aisha asks, a nervous tremor in her voice. Shayra lashes out, striking the ghost with her sword and knocking it to the ground. The guardian opens his mouth to shout a plea, but Shayra quickly draws her sidearm and plants a round in his forehead. The ghost chirps and squawks, damaged but alive. She holsters her sidearm again and looks to the ghost. Shay! Reed shouts. She hears him rushing up behind her. She wouldn't be dragged away, not this time. Shayra turns and expels a blast of force from her palm that knocks Reed onto his back. She quickly reorients to the ghost and raises her sword for another strike, when suddenly her legs prickle with the unearthly chill of deep space. Shayra tries to let out a scream, but her lungs flash freeze and crystals of stasis energy encrust her body. She turns her head, just enough to make eye contact with Aisha and witness the unthinkable. The last person she sees before her world is ice and darkness. Her closest friend, forsaking the light, embracing the darkness. The look of betrayal on Shire's face freezes in the ice. Holy crap. Well, we were like, oh no. She's she's went for one ghost. Oh no. She's been killing ghosts all over the system. Right. She's been killing all the ghosts. She's a ghost murderer. It, it like it it made me think of like Cyril, the ghost hunter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like holy crap. Mhm. And she's going after anybody who uses stasis. And she feels vindicated in that. Yeah. And and the moment she felt that way was because of the traveler piecing itself together. Yeah. 
Because the traveler, the traveler who doesn't give a shit about you, that just hangs up in the sky as a, you know, a passive judgy golf ball. And she's decided to go do murders in the name of the golf ball because she doesn't yeah. want to because she doesn't want to lose her light when the darkness comes question mark or when the extra special darkness comes the extra extra special darkness comes because we know that there's extra yeah. extra special darkness it's not just darkness there's like super darkness that's coming like the darkness plus it's like it's like the game plus version of darkness new game plus <laughs> yeah it's the new game plus darkness oh god <laughs> it's the tetrahedron ships are coming <laughs> it's not the pyramid ships <laughs> But the pyramids are tetrahedron. I know. <laughs> anyway. So it's interesting that she's just been like, why is everyone using a sidearm? Bungie, stop making sidearms a thing. I, I don't know. Because, like, I guess it would have more, more like theatrical impact than like pulling out an auto rifle. I don't know. Auto rifles are better and, though. And having to like three tap a guardian who literally has no helmet. I don't know. I just pull out a shotgun if it was me, but. <laughs> oh yeah. That would have the instant like theatrical. Yeah. Shit. But man, reading this entry, I'm, I am so thankful. I don't use stasis yeah i do not in crucible though she's just been like the fact that she's doing this in a crucible match though and then later like how does the vanguard not immediately go after her we will find that out i mean i guess her friends don't know that there's just a bunch of dead ghosts in her ship. Like, do other guardians not go with other guardians jump ships? Uh, no, I guess not. Uh, not that I've, not that I know of. So you could just hide all sorts of contraband and jump ships. Are jump ships for masturbating? I think it's about time to move on. I just, uh, no one else goes in them. I'm just assuming. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, these are the questions of our time elements. <laughs> it's a really important question. It just kind of fell out Is of my it though? <laughs> yes. Is it though? <laughs> it was an important question for me. Uh. But no, like we've we've got a few last entries for next week. Yeah, um, we do. Because the story is not complete yet. Not yet. Almost does. Yeah. 
Uh, so, Orchid, mm-hmm. shout outs. Um. Oh, this is a good shout out. Um, shout out to um my friend Kenny and his clan and everyone who donated to him. Um, his clan is Kenny's Kids. Uh, over the past month, they've been raising money for the Epilepsy Foundation. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, which has been like super really nice. <laughs> and it was really like they they were like, yeah, we're doing it for you. Like we're just like sticking your name. I'm like what? Why? They're like because we're really nice. And I'm like, oh okay. Yeah, they raised fourteen thousand nine hundred eighty two dollars. Damn. In one month. <laughs> like, what up? <laughs> Kenny's one of my like, uh, trials backpacks. <laughs> like, damn. I know. <laughs> like, that's one of the nicest things anyone's ever done. And it's so appreciated. Like, thank you so much. I don't know what to say. <laughs> that means so much to me (laughs) thank you yeah definitely what about you uh shout out to uh taylor b the bagels lady lucida um and my brother they've all been my trials partners over the last like day or two um as of recording and uh shout out to my boss even though he's not going to hear this. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> like, he he wanted to have a small chat and then uh, to go over something for work. That took all of 10 minutes, but the entire meeting, like the entire video chat that we had was about 50 minutes, 40 of which was destiny-related. And I'm sitting there like, I'm getting paid to chat Destiny lore and gameplay with my manager. Yeah, that's the dream. Right? That's the dream. <laughs> uh, but in, in all seriousness, like, it was a Friday. It was close to me just being done for the week. And he, he wanted to relay some information. So it was just kind of like... Well, it's near the end of the weekend, or near the end of the week. Let's talk. (laughs) Uh, And this is the part of the episode we like to give special thanks. The audio for this episode was produced by Rindle Zivas. You can find him at Rindle Zivas. The artwork and music for this episode is copyright Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They're the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you. You're the best. (laughs) And reminders, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, at heyitsorchid, or at i underscore m underscore elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. And if you do, let us know about it. We like reading them. 
And you know what? Why don't you just jump in our Discord? The invite is down in the episode description, but if you're just too lazy to look there, it's discord.gg slash lorehub. So, Orchid. What? Say goodbye. No. Well, fuck you then. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> Bye. I just wanted to Take be obstinate. Care. Bye. When aren't you? I don't know. I'm always obstinate. I know. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Hey! Breeze 7 finally interjects with a shout. The broad-shouldered Exo shifts his posture... <laughs> God damn it. Hey! That's terrible. I hate that. Hey! No, that's terrible too. God damn it. Elvis, why is this hard? Hey! Yeah, I'm going to just keep that. You do it. Just, just use that one. Okay. Yep. Did I miss at? I did. Fuck me. Words are so hard today. Just breathe. You got this. <sighs> no, words are hard. These are so long. <sighs> That's what she said. <laughs> I mean, I was trying yeah, so okay. hard not to say that's what she said when you were like, "There's these entries are so long." Oh God! That's what she said. Oh wow! Hold on. No. Okay. <laughs> But you didn't, Aisha says. Toki, I swear to fuck. <laughs>